The sermon text is the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 to 34. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. For there were so many people coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. They went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. But many people saw them leave and knew where they were going. They ran there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. When Jesus stepped out of the boat, he saw a large crowd. His heart went out to them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He began to teach them many things. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. On Wednesday afternoon, you send out a message to two of the workers that you supervise, calling a meeting, 9 a.m. Friday morning, in your office. In this message, you include a list of items that you ask them to think about and consider ahead of time, so that the meeting will be smoother and more productive. Friday morning, 8.55, Janice is waiting outside your office door. At 8.59, she silently slides inside and sits down and waits for you to look up. At 9 o'clock sharp, you do look up to see only Janice. Daryl isn't there yet. You text him. Oh, he forgot about the meeting. He finally strolls in at 9.15, and at long last, the meeting can start. And when it does, Janice is on the ball. She's got ideas. She's got answers. Clearly, all of those things you asked her to think about ahead of time, she has. And clearly, Daryl has not, because he's acting like this is his first day on the job, like he's never even heard of these concepts before. When the meeting ends and Janice gets up to leave your office, she does not say the words, I respect you. Doesn't have to. She just showed it by the way she treated your words, your instructions. And likewise, when Daryl stands up to leave your meeting, he does not say the words, I think you are a worthless waste of space. And he doesn't have to, because you already know that's what he thinks from the way he treats your words. The way we treat each other's words says an awful lot of what we think of other people. If I want to know what you think of me, all I have to do is watch the way you treat what I say. If you want to know what I think of you, if it matters to you, all you have to do is watch the way I treat your words. Now here's another scenario to put yourself in. It's 9 o'clock again, this time p.m. You are at the end of a very long day. You have just had a day full of work and activity and emotion, and all you want to do now at 9 o'clock is hit the sofa, one or two hours of TV before you go to bed. You touch down on the sofa, you just start getting comfortable, and from the other side of the room you hear your phone ring. This has happened to all of us, I'm sure. All I want is just, just give me one hour, and it's right there. And then, how do you feel about that person who has called you late at the end of an exhausting day? His heart went out to them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus has just had quite a day. Last week we heard him send out his 12 disciples on a mission journey. Well, now they're coming back, and they're reporting to Jesus everything that they have seen and heard. So many people are coming to Jesus and the disciples, they don't even have a chance to eat a meal. 
And on top of all that, on this day, Jesus hears the emotional news that his cousin and forerunner, John the Baptist, has been beheaded by Herod. Drained is the only thing Jesus can be, and it's time to hit the sofa. He said to the disciples, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. They went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves, and then the phone rings. But many people saw them leave and knew where they were going. They ran there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. When Jesus stepped out of the boat, he saw a large crowd. So how do you feel about that person calling you at night at night at the end of an exhausting day? Do you just ignore the call? Or do you say, I'll let it go to voicemail. I'll deal with it tomorrow. You maybe cuss the person out under your breath. No, 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 none of us have ever done that when we got a phone call at a bad time. Maybe the best that you could humanly hope for in that situation is that you would answer the call, be courteous and polite, but also try to get rid of the person as quickly as possible. His heart went out to them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. This is how Jesus responds. His heart goes out to this crowd of people. His heart goes out to them because they are like sheep without a shepherd. You know, the Bible often compares us human beings to sheep. We should not be flattered by that. Sheep are not smart. In fact, they are way over to the dumb spectrum. Sheep will not find food and water for themselves unless it's by accident. Uh, they need somebody to lead them to, feed, uh, to food and to water. Sheep are skittish. They get frightened by the sound of things like running water. You're an awfully scared creature if running water makes you sprint away. They are stubborn, they wander, and maybe worst of all, sheep are defenseless. Without someone or something to protect them, sheep are a tasty meal for the very next hungry predator that comes along. When Jesus looks out at this crowd of people, he does not ignore them or even politely dismiss them because he sees sheep without a shepherd. He sees people who have knowledge that they need given to them, people who need to be taught. He sees people who have fears in their heart that need to be driven away, fears that need to be calmed. He sees people who need to be taught things more than once or twice because they have a stubborn streak. They have hearts that wander. And maybe worst of all, Jesus sees people with no defense. They are at the mercy of Israel's religious leaders who make up rules and then require people to follow them in order to work their way to God. The religious leaders were preying on these people, exploiting them, manipulating them, while leading them down a road to destruction. His heart went out to them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And what does Jesus do then? How does Jesus show that these sheepy people have his heart? How does he express love? He began to teach them many things. These people had knowledge that they needed and Jesus gave it to them. He led them into the green pastures and clear water of God's word. These people were afraid, and Jesus taught them things that would take their fears away. These people were stubborn. They could wander. 
Some of them were probably hearing these teachings for the third or fourth or fifth time and they needed it because that's the way human hearts are. And these were people who needed a defense. What Jesus teaches, the truth of God's word, is claws and horns and jagged teeth and venom against spiritual enemies. Jesus saw people who were sheep that needed a shepherd. His heart went out to them. He shepherded them. He showed his love for them by teaching them many things. Now, so far, I've been very mean to poor little sheep. So let's, let's say something nice about sheep. If you want to find something nice to say about them, you don't have a very long list to pick from, but there is this one thing. Sheep are very loyal. Once they know the voice of their shepherd, they will follow that voice and that voice only. If they don't hear the voice of their shepherd, that's when sheep get in trouble. That's when they start to wander. But they can pick their shepherd's voice out of a whole chorus. And when they do that, they will listen to him and they will follow him. We are Jesus' sheep. He loves us. His heart goes out to us. And he expresses it by teaching us many things. See, we do not find the green pastures, the clear waters of God's truth by ourselves. Jesus leads us there. We also have fears in our heart. And the beautiful gospel promises that Jesus makes to us, those things he teaches us, calm the fears in our hearts. We have stubbornness, a tendency to wander in our own hearts. And what Jesus teaches us, these many things, when we wander, they call us back to God, bring us back to his side. And the things that Jesus teaches us, these many things are a defense against the sinful nature inside of us, against the devil that prowls around us and the world that assaults our faith. Jesus' heart goes out to us, his sheep, and he shepherds us, he expresses his love for us by teaching us many things. Jesus teaches us that his perfection covers over all of our sin. He teaches us that heaven opens wide to everyone who trusts in him. Jesus teaches us that he is the resurrection and the life, that whoever believes in him lives even though they die. Jesus teaches that he will return to judge on the last day, and when he does, he is going to say to everyone who trusted in him, come and be with me forever. Beautiful things. Many things Jesus teaches his sheep. And what Jesus teaches us doesn't stop there. And Jesus also teaches about marriage and sexuality. Jesus teaches how this universe got here and how long it took God to make it. Jesus teaches about the proper role of government. Jesus teaches us how to treat our enemies and those who hate us. Jesus teaches us about the devil and hell. Just how many things does Jesus teach us? How much is there? Should we limit what Jesus teaches us to what we find inside Jesus' quotation marks in the Gospels? Well, if you read what Jesus says in the Gospels, you'll find him say this, the scripture cannot be broken. And with that simple statement, Jesus teaches all of what the Bible teaches. So then, what is this tendency that Jesus' sheep sometimes show to listen to some of the many things he teaches, but maybe not so much some of the other, the many things that Jesus teaches. Or this desire to rank 
what Jesus teaches. Because, you know, the gospel, the message of forgiveness and salvation, that's the most important thing Jesus teaches me, and therefore, everything else, who can really be bothered? It's all kind of negotiable. Why do we sometimes want to sweep teachings like creation, marriage and sexuality, paying taxes, loving our enemies, kind of sweep those a little bit more under the rug? Remember, how you treat a person's word tells a lot of what you think about that person. What are we saying to Jesus when we treat his teachings that way? We're saying, Jesus, I want your teachings to be this big plate of mush that I get to form into what I want it to be. Now, of course, we would never come out and say it that bluntly. We would never dare to do that. But we might say things like this. Well, a lot of the teachings of the Bible are kind of open to interpretation. Or, uh, I have a friend who goes to this kind of church, and they teach this, so maybe that is right, or maybe that could be right. The teachings of Scripture are not open to interpretation. God is not a toddler who hasn't quite learned how to use his words yet. God is perfectly capable of communicating with human beings in a clear and understandable way, and he has done it in the Bible. When the Bible does use figurative language, there is literal language that clarifies it. The teachings of Christ and of all Scripture are clear and plain. If there are a couple passages here and there that are unclear to us because our minds are imperfect, well, the Bible is a really big book. And there's probably other passages and other places that will help to clear it up for us. Uh, it's open to interpretation, is cheap, and it's lazy, and it's just another way of saying, I want to make God's word say what I want it to say. And for goodness sake, please forget about what churches teach, okay? Jesus calls his sheep to listen to his voice, not the voice of a church. So if what a church says does not harmonize with Jesus' voice, then just forget it. Okay? All this stuff in us that says, well, it's all a matter of interpretation, and well, the Baptists teach this, so maybe that could be right. This is all our sinful nature talking. This is the part of us that doesn't listen to Jesus' voice and doesn't want to follow him anyway. And... It's really dangerous. See, there's this process that has reached completion in a lot of Christians and Christian churches. It usually starts when a Christian gets too smart for the teaching of creation. And then more miracles and more miracles go out, and then you dump marriage and sexuality, because who can even function in this world anymore, believing what Jesus teaches about that? And then you get rid of the devil and hell, because how could a loving God ever do that? And then... It ends at the virgin birth and the resurrection, I'm sorry, but if you dump those, then by definition, you're not a Christian anymore. Now, if you think I'm sounding overdramatic or I'm trying to fearmonger or anything like that, I'm really not. It's just that this, has, this really happens, and it has happened to a lot of Christians and formerly Christian churches. You don't want to separate yourself from any of the many things that your shepherd teaches you. It ends in a really bad place. Everything that Jesus teaches us is green pasture and clear water. It all comes from the loving heart of our good shepherd whose heart goes out to us. It's all there to drive away fears and bring us back when we wander. It's all there to defend us against the sinful nature that wants to ignore him and the devil that wants to destroy us. Every word that Jesus teaches us is good. Every word comes from his loving heart that cares for us. 
And it is certainly good when Jesus teaches us that his heart goes out to us so far and so strong that it brings him down into this world to save us from our sins. It is certainly good when Jesus teaches us that he is the great shepherd of the sheep who willingly lays down his life for them to take it back up again. It is good when Jesus teaches us that it is finished and all of our sins are gone forever. Don't we love to be taught that in Jesus, death dies and we will rise as he did? Isn't it beautiful to be taught that even now, the good shepherd of the sheep is watching over his flock from on high, guarding them and protecting them and calling them back when they wander. See, once Jesus teaches you these beautiful, soul-saving truths, then you want to listen to all of the many things that your Savior teaches you. You want to listen to his voice and let what he teaches shape you, not the other way around. You don't shape what he teaches with your interpretations and your ideas. What he teaches shapes you into the person that he wants you to be. And you listen to his voice, to the many things he teaches over the screech of your own sinful nature and over all the contradictory voices in creation. Your shepherd's heart goes out to you. We listen to the many things he teaches. Amen.